0: Blood Talk Radio.
1: You know, I was thinking about this show. I, I I listened to some other people's shows, and and you know, I, my goal is to make this to be a really good one. Try to learn things from other people, and and reflect on things that are working and not working. And you know, there was a time when this show was bigger than it is today, and there's been a time when it was much smaller than it is today. <clears throat> and I think that. As I think about that, I go, well, you know, why? Why is it? And I think it has a lot to do with who's pushing on it, who's talking about it, um, who's participating in it. I know when we have really great guests and we talk about them that the show tends to be bigger. And when we don't do any talking about it, the show tends to be smaller. And I want you all to understand that this is a show that isn't sponsored. I don't get paid for it. Never been, never made a nickel from doing this show. Been, shoot, I think it's been seven years now. Maybe eight years we've been doing a, a, a podcast of one kind or another. Um, I certainly am not the guy who gives a damn what anybody else thinks. So it's certainly not about stroke in my ego. <laughs> but what it is, is I want this show to be of value to you. I want this show to be a tool, not just me being a tool, but the show. Sometimes I am a tool. It's okay. I don't have a problem with that as long as it's a useful tool. I believe that if we have experiences that are worth sharing, then we ought to share them. I believe that we don't have to suffer through every kind of indignity and and hard life lesson to learn those lessons. I believe we can learn from others. And I believe that we're always in a state of teaching and learning if we put ourselves in that place. If we let ourselves learn and let ourselves teach, then we'll do both of those things. And I believe we all have something to learn and I believe we all have something to teach. And that's why I invite you to come on the show, share your lessons, share the things you've learned, share the things that are important to you, because maybe they'd be important to somebody else. So if you'd like to do that, I welcome you, I invite you. All you got to do is pick up your phone and dial 646-929-2495, just like you see if you're watching on the little screen behind me, over to what I consider my right, might be you consider it my left, but the opposite side of the screen that the microphone is on. Call in. Share your thoughts. Share your ideas. You know, I talk about controversial shit. I talk about things that's not political because things don't have to be political. I talk about things people don't. Old and cruel. But you know what? So is the truth. And I think it's important that we recognize the truth. The truth isn't just what you think it is. I just had a a, a meeting with, with somebody today that's seen a lot of the world. And we were talking about a lot of different things. And I said, if you were to bring an individual that was a hard line politically on the right and a person who's hard line politically on the left, and had an experience together that was a real-life experience, such as an event, a protest, a, a courtroom scene, whatever. You name it. And then you have each of those individuals tell the story of what happened. Do you think you would hear the same story? Lisa
0: WCS. No.
1: Lisa WCS. I love it when people that I know and love remember that I'm doing a show. Every, uh, every Wednesday, same time, for a long time now. Um, the truth is still the truth. And so I wonder what would happen if you were to do that. Go to a politically charged event, activity, watch a show, whatever, and then have that one person write up the story or tell the story of what happened and then have the other person write and tell the story of what happened, and then sit down with the both of them and watch what happened. I wonder what would happen. We don't often do that. We're so busy worrying about our point of view that we often don't recognize the truth that is actually in front of us. Hang on one second. I want you all to experience what I deal with. I'm in the middle of my podcast, but thanks for calling. All right, just a little bit of truth. That's what happens when my dear friends pay attention to things that are important to me. (coughs) This kind of stuff happens all the time. It happens all the time. People care about what they care about. People think about what they're thinking about, and they hear in bits and pieces of information that come from bits and pieces of sources, and they recognize and take them as truth doesn't make them truth. Just because you think it and just because you think it's right doesn't make it so. And maybe if we were open to the idea of things being different than we think, maybe we might have a better world than we live in. I post pictures of some of the horrors that happen on the planet. I post pictures about children that have been... Kidnapped and, and brought into slavery, sexual slavery. I brought pictures of, of, of caste women in India that are the, the, the untouchables, people that whole society looks down on, that they don't have a chance in hell to do anything with their lives. No hope. And we're coming up on an election And we got people that don't actually really know the truth about shit, having opinions about it on both sides, attacking each other, rather than researching the candidates that they may or may not be voting on. Why don't we have a problem with that? We're busy listening to what our government tells us about we got to do this or we can't do that or we need to do this, and our economy is getting ready to completely crash. I don't know, nobody's talking about that. There's a lot of important things. We got people making money off of legal cannabis while people are still locked up for illegal cannabis. What's the difference? Tell me, what makes cannabis legal or not? That's what I want to know. Is it a rule or a regulation? Is it something that your city or state gets to decide on? Really? You cool with that? Are you okay with that? Because I'm not. I personally know a bunch of people that are locked up for cannabis right now. And yet, we got legal dispensaries right down the street. We've got illegal grows right down the road. I got fucking helicopters still circling low around my property. So let me tell you about that just for a second. Let's see what you think about it. I don't know what just happened here. I lost my screen. So, how many of you all have been raided? Raise your hand. Not enough, or maybe too many. I'm sorry, I'm trying to fix my screen here. You can see and hear you well. I know you can, but I can't see you. Anyways, I can't see myself, and I just love seeing myself. Actually, it tells me when there's somebody else. So I'm going to rely on you, the host, to let somebody in if they come in, and I'll just keep talking. How about that? Anyways, so how many of you that are listening right now, when you call somebody at your house and they don't answer, what do you think? What do you think? What do you think think when you call your husband or your wife, your boyfriend, your girlfriend, your brother, your sister, your mom, your kid, whoever happens to live at your house and they don't answer the phone? What do you think? Probably don't think anything. Probably think they're busy. Probably think they're doing something. You know what I think? I can't seem to stop thinking it. But every time I call my house and nobody picks up, there's a little part of my heart that starts beating fast and says, fuck, I hope I'm not getting raided." And that's not a joke. And I don't want it to be. Anybody knows me, I'm strong as hell. I've walked into the lion's den. I got no fear. I will do whatever I got to do. But something inside of me is broken. And every single time I call somebody and and that's at my house, that I call you at your house and and you don't answer, I don't think twice about it. But at my house when I call and nobody answers, there's a little part of me, a little part of my sick broken brain that goes, "Shit. I I I hope that the cops aren't in there raiding me right now. Now, how many of you, when you hear a helicopter go by over your head, think twice about it? You know, I used to live in the city. I go out to the city. When I'm out in the city, I don't think twice about it. But at my house, when I hear a helicopter, especially one flying low, my heart starts pounding. I don't even have any reason for them to raid me today doesn't matter my heart starts pounding you know why because that's what i've been through i've been raided twice i've been locked up i've had machine guns stuck in my head and i've been incarcerated i've been tried and found guilty of cannabis crimes now i fought my way out of it and i don't have a criminal record of any kind i could open up a legal dispensary if i wanted to but i don't i don't want to I don't want any part of that. You know why? Because it's not real. It's not the truth. The truth is nothing's legal today. It doesn't matter what your little piece of paper says. Federal government still says no. And if they want to, they can come in and take your stuff, and they can lock you up because they're still doing it. When they see fit, when they decide to, we don't have the protection that would say it is legal It's certainly not decriminalized. And we still have people that are not only in prison, but we have people that are facing charges, people that could go to prison today, tomorrow, next week, next month, and until we stop it. And that's what the human solution is about. Human rights, civil rights, freedom, liberty, not politics. I don't know how long you guys have been around, but I've been along for around for a while, and I've watched the pendulum swing left and right and left and right, and guess what? Nothing changed. Sometimes the president is eloquent and careful and cautious and safe. And sometimes the president is a fucking maniac. Doesn't change. Nothing's changed. If anything, More good things have happened in the cannabis world because of a friggin' maniac than the good, quiet, safe ones. But don't let the truth get in your way. Don't let the truth trip you up because that puts you in my world. Clearly, nobody wants to be in that world. And I'm not talking about just being angry. I'm not talking about this. I'm talking about raising ourselves up as a society I'm talking about being better. I'm talking about taking advantage of the opportunities that the people that died for our freedom died for it for. Why don't we do that? Why don't we do the things that we were given to do? Like, I don't know, serve your own country. Run for office. Take an interest in these things. Be a part of it. You know, our government is screwed up because the only people that are willing to get out there and fight and do anything are the people that are influential already. They've worked their way into it. They've made themselves powerful. They've gotten into the room where they can make changes. Why don't we do that? We've make a half-assed attempt at it sometimes but we don't do it with all we've got we don't do it with every fiber of our being otherwise we'd be in there i got to wonder you know when it comes to success or failure when it comes to good luck or bad luck when it comes to the way things are generally they are the way that we let them be they're there they're the way they are because of the choices we've made And I mean individually, I mean as a family, as a relationship, as business, and as a nation, and as a world. can't help but think if we were to take responsibility for the state that the world's in right now, instead of pointing a finger at the other guy, which is what we like to do, that things might be different. So I'm going to encourage you. challenge you, to challenge yourself, to maybe become a part of this in some way, shape, or form. Decide to get involved. Maybe it just means vote this year, because clearly not enough people do, because enough people did, then the people in office would be the people we wanted in office, right? I don't hear that. All I hear about is, oh, that, 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 so-and-so, and that, and this, and the terrible, and the terrible, and the terrible... Don't ever hear, wow, that guy I elected is doing a good job. Why don't I hear that? Why have I never heard that? I don't know. Maybe we're not doing our job right. Maybe we're not doing it well enough. So I'm out there working really hard. And I always work hard, but I don't always work smart. Sometimes I just work. I'm a crazy guy. I'm a guy that gets out there and just goes after things. Sometimes I do it with a lot of thought. Sometimes I just do it with heart. But lately, I've been aware of my own mortality. I lost my dad a couple of years back, and I realized that I'm not going to be here forever. And with the time that I have to be here, hopefully it's a good long while. I really love living, so it's not about that. It's about truth, reality. And, and I've come to spend some time thinking about What am I doing with my time? Where am I putting it? Who am I giving it to? And I've learned that working with volunteers, oh, my God, can be arduous, can be amazingly rewarding, but it can be arduous and it can be brutal. And so more and more I've been more discerning, more judgmental, more careful, more demanding, And I think as a result, we're getting better results. We're able to do more things. And by doing less things, we're going to get more done out of them. And that's where the human solution comes in, because that's a big part of my life. it's, It's something that I helped to create. It's something that I've helped to build. It's something that has helped me immensely. And it's something that I've helped. I've watched it help many, many, many people. And as we've opened up our mission to include human and civil rights issues, I'm watching it today help more and more people all the time in more and more ways. And it's helping people in different ways. One of the things that successful businesses, people, organizations need to be mindful of is that you need to be flexible. You need to be willing to learn and change as, as you can And what worked 10 years ago may or may not work today. It might, but it might not. And the things that we were doing 10 years ago can still work today, but I don't believe that we are as effective doing the things that we were doing 10 years ago today. So we've opened up our scope a little bit. We're taking on other types of projects. Um, We don't have as many people standing up and fighting their cases. I don't believe it's because there's fewer cases. I believe it's because fewer people are standing and fighting. But I can't fight it for you. You know, I tell people all the time that me as a human being, our organization, and the amazing, wonderful people that hold it up, lead it, guide it, um, we can't do it for you. We can do it with you. We can help you do it. We can we can help you organize it. We can share our experiences with you. We can teach you what we've learned. Uh, we can listen to your stories with empathy and even sympathy.
2: Well, we, you can listen to the story of Craig Cecil again because he has joined us this evening.
1: Awesome. Hey, Craig, how's it going? I'm flying oh. blind right now, and I'm I'm just kind of uh, not rambling, but talking with uh, with. With uh, with with some passion, but um, I, I I've got a couple of points I'm going to make, and then we, you and I can jump deep into it because I was actually in a in a meandering way getting to a point. So I'm gonna I'm gonna keep on going for another two or three minutes, and then uh, and then we'll we'll get into the mud together. So, anyways, what I was getting to was that the Human Solution International has been around for a long time. We've done a lot of things. You've seen us at events. You've seen us in courtrooms. You've seen us um, at meetings. You've seen us in a lot of ways and places, doing a lot of things. I am hoping to that you'll see more of us in more ways and more places. I am not personally looking to speak to the masses except for through this medium. Or, you know, if I get an opportunity to speak to a group, that's awesome. But I'm not out there, you know, trying to, Real people in one at a time anymore. I'm 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 looking for those people that have that enthusiasm, that passion, that heart, that 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 drive to effect change in the world the way that we're doing it. There's lots of ways to effect change, and conviction and 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 you know passion can be an amazing motivator. It can be an atom bomb, depending on what you're doing with it. But I'm looking to make the world better. I'm looking to bring freedom and liberty to people that don't have as much of it as they deserve. I'm looking to level the playing field, not by dragging people down, but by raising people up. And if you're interested in being a part of that, I welcome you to get involved with the Human Solution International. We will be having elections in about two weeks, and um, members get to vote. So I encourage you to become a member so that you can vote. This is just the same way that our country goes to shit because people don't participate that our organization could go to shit. It's not going to because the only people running are awesome and totally worth winning. But it matters more when more people are involved. And frankly, there's some amazing people that are getting involved right now that I'm really hoping – Um, catch fire and and really decide they want to be more involved and help to lead. And what's going to happen out of that is opportunities are happening. We're working right now on on, uh, hiring a grant writer for our um, legal clinic and also for our uh, reentry program. I've got what looks to be some super exciting news that I
0: cannot
1: talk about yet, but um, I can't wait to be able to talk about it because it could blow the lid wide open from some of the things we're working on. But meanwhile, I do encourage you to participate. I encourage you to get involved. I encourage you to, um, you know, find a chapter, start a chapter, uh, become a member, figure out what it is you can do to be part of this. There's something about purpose and a purpose-driven life, a purpose Human purpose is the thing that separates happiness from everything else. When we have a purpose and when we're giving, when we're helping, when we're part of making things better, it is the most amazing thing ever. And remember, it's always been a few people, only a few people that have ever really made the difference in the world. And I'm welcoming, I'm encouraging, I'm inviting, hell, all tricky if I can, to be in one of those people And uh, join us. Be a part of this. Um, We're making big changes, and there's so much big stuff happening right now. I just would love to have you be involved. Finally, before we bring up Craig, I have an announcement that for the first time in a while, uh, the headquarters chapter of the Human Solution International is going to be having a home meeting. And we're opening up my place, Willow Creek Springs to an open house meeting on Saturday. Let me look at my calendar here. It's gonna be Saturday the 17th. Um, So not this coming Saturday, but the following Saturday. I will put this up as an event. I will put this up on the calendar. It's gonna be uh, an afternoon. Uh, We're gonna probably barbecue. Um, We're gonna enjoy ourselves. We're gonna be able to talk. There's enough room to socially distance if you like. There's going to be freedom to hug if you so choose. Um, All of those things will be happening. But we're going to be sitting down, and it'll be literally the week before the election, and we're going to be sitting down and talking about what do we want? What do we want to see? What What can we do to make this a better organization? How can we get more people involved? How can we get the people that are involved to be more effective? All of those things are going to be happening, plus some good food and who knows what else. All right, Craig, you are up. How are you doing today?
3: I'm doing well, and our technical glitch today was my problem completely. I grabbed onto the wrong Zoom link. (laughs) I'm waiting for you to click me into the conversation.
1: Oh, that is hilarious. Well, (laughs) you know, we were just talking today for the first time in a while. um, We had the show up on time. We had my microphone working. We had a screener. We had every single thing right. And we said, well, let's see what happens. And of course, you had to throw the glitch into it today, but that's all right. I am still trying to figure out, I don't know, maybe this will work. For whatever reason, my my view of this thing is gone and all i see is just the screen that says there's people on but i can't see them and it shows my calendar on and it shows all these other things but it's not letting me see what's going on so how are you doing craig i am sitting here with a zipper over my mouth for obvious reasons but well that's good i like to i like to know that uh um, you know, amazing things are happening. So, how how are things going in the world that you can talk about?
3: Well, just just to give an example of uh, how things work for me, is because I'm a at home on home confinement. Because I'm a bureau. Ah, got it. Prisoner, I fixed it. Um, I'm required to get a pass that's issued by the local halfway house to be able to go to the store. Or to, you know, go to church, go to somewhere. But it takes it takes about a week in advance to get, get this pass approved. And then I have to notify them. It's for a particular place from a particular time to a particular time. And, uh, well, I thought my list was approved last week. And I went on a pass on Monday or on Tuesday. Uh, and then I went to go on a pass on Thursday to go to a Costco. Believe it or not, I've never been to a Costco. I have no idea what a Costco is, Wow. (laughs) But there was one nearby I went to go to the Costco. Well, as I went to the Costco, I think they watched the GPS on my phone or whatever. I got a call from the halfway house, and I did call in in and tell them I was leaving. And uh, they called me and said, you don't have a pass. What are you doing away from home? Oh, no. Uh Uh-oh. If you remember that's what Michael Cohen got thrown back in prison. Yeah
1: yeah, yeah, no that's bad stuff. they don't they don't they don't have a sense of humor about that kind of stuff.
3: Oh, they did not at all. and uh, so I talked to all the powers that be and got right back home again. Wow. but uh, the good news is the people on on two fronts, they started out giving me the benefit of the doubt and they really dug into it very deeply. And they found out it was a clerical error. Oh, good. It was approved. it just never made it correctly into the system. Good, good, But good. as you know, the, as you learn from a local jail and, you know, us coming from the prisons, people don't care to research and look out <laughs> for a prisoner.
1: No, they're not going to do it for you, that's for sure.
3: So things worked out really well for me that they seemed, you know, I had been adhering to all the rules, and they, they really dug into it, and, and save my butt, really. But that, that's how life is for me. In order to go to, um, for instance, a job interview. I have to make a reservation to go a week in advance to get the pass to go.
1: Now, I i don't know this to be true, but I heard rumors from a pretty credible source that the, the church of the pike and trout fishing was getting ready to open. And, and I'm I'm pretty sure that I'm going to qualify as a minister for that church and I was just I don't know I don't know we're looking to set up our uh, our chapel at a at a at a local lake or stream and I was wondering if if maybe we could submit the paperwork you know for the for the weekday services that we have
3: <laughs> That would be tough although there is a a lake within walking distance of here that has largemouth bass. <laughs> well, we could be the church of the largemouth bass. I, I'm I'm pretty flexible.
4: You know,
1: I, I, I'm no spaghetti monster church, so this is the real deal. <laughs>
3: <laughs> well I'm still working with the court, you know Right, right. Uh,
1: I'm I am i am half funning with you.
3: And like I say, my my argument as to am I really a dangerous person to be set free, I think the longer I'm here on home confinement, I think, only helps my argument in that regard, you know.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, I escaped from your clutches without any incident whatsoever. And I feared for my life the whole time I was there with you, but.
2: Well,
1: I, I, think, I think we should
2: check with Costco. I really
3: think. <laughs> I still
2: haven't figured out what Costco is, Oh, geez sell everything, yeah. They're... You need to stay out of there if you want to have any money. Right, I mean, right. Yeah. It's just a lot of fun to go buy shit there, let me tell you.
1: Yeah, they will deplete all your resources, and you'll feel like you got a good deal.
3: Well, put it this way. The way I shop, I recently bought a suit, so I have a suit. Oh, nice. I spent $12 for it at Goodwill. Awesome, awesome. <laughs> well,
1: Costco's kind of like that. I mean, you know, you feel like you're... You're getting a great deal on things, and, and you just keep stuffing that cart, and then then you get to the checkout, and it's like three, $400 later. You're like, ah, crap, what have I done?
0: <laughs>
1: so but, uh,
3: you made an example of uh, how many people in history where it just took one person to start a large movement. I mean, we can look at uh, Rosa Parks. And, I mean, what did she do? She didn't set out to do a movement. She didn't set out, you know, anything like that. What she did is she said, you're treating me wrongly and I'm not gonna take it anymore. And you know what? Millions of people ended up standing up behind her or behind that cause.
4: Well, and you know,
1: the thing of it is, is there have been, you know, Rosa Parks actually kind of planned what she was going to do, but it was because she wasn't afraid and she had had enough. And you're absolutely right. And, you know, the thing of it is, is most people, I I heard a a saying today or yesterday in in the near recent, and it was that ordinary people generally resent exceptional people. And thusly, exceptional people generally don't like ordinary people. And that's obviously not a true blanket statement, but it's, it's the ordinariness and the exceptionalness. And when a person is willing to go outside of their comfort zone and do that exceptional thing, it's the thing that gets things done. And it's the thing that either can drive people to pay attention, listen, love them, follow their lead, or it can cause them to resent them. Say, who the hell do you think you are? doesn't even matter. The fact is, is that's the thing that gets things done. That's why there aren't. A whole lot of them, because if there were, a lot of stuff would be happening, (laughs) and and it wouldn't be the same. So, you know, I I think historically there's always been a handful of people that have gotten the most amount done, and most people are wobbling around, uh, pointing at problems, pointing at reasons why this isn't happening, having excuses and this and that, and a handful of people are like, you know what, we just need to do this. And, or maybe they don't say anything. They just get out there and start doing it. And, and you know, if I, can, if I can reach one person out of all the shows I've done and get one person willing to get out there and take a risk and, and, and put themselves in, in, not in harm's way on purpose, but it, out of their comfort zone in a place that they don't know if they're going to be okay, to make something important happen, then it was all worth it, every bit of it. And I think that that's that's the thing. You know, we're coming up on an election. I got a a ballot in the mail today. And I said, wow, it's going to be the easiest thing in the world to vote this year. Like, I don't even have to figure out where my polling place is. All I got to do is open this thing up, fill it out. And I don't even have to stick it in the mail. I can go and find out where the drop box is and literally drop it in a box that's designed just for this, and it couldn't be easier. And the only thing that's hard is having somebody to vote for. You know, we've got we've got a, 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 a strange mix of, of choices this year, and it is what it is. That's not the conversation I want to have, but the point that I have is we've got countries like India, where you have a caste system still, supposedly a democracy of sorts, but it's a caste system. There are a huge group of people in India that don't have even an opportunity to rise up out of out of the system that they were born in. They'll never be anything other than what they are. There are dictatorships all over the world. There are there's there's friggin' civil war, civil unrest, there's kids being recruited to be soldiers in, in parts of the world right now today. And here in America where everybody bitches, whines and moans, we literally have the opportunity to not only elect one of many people, but we only give ourselves two choices. But we have an opportunity to be one of those people with very little real effort compared to what it might be in another place. What do you think about that?
3: I agree. I agree. And one thing that uh, one thing that I'm uh, kind of wondering about is on um, – September 22nd, they were supposed to call up the Moore Act and vote on it. And the stated reason that they put it off till after the election was to make it so that they didn't have to force the representatives to make a stand on that issue. Now, with all the protests that we've had everywhere about, you know, some very, you know, noble issues, some not so noble they're out protesting over. Where was the backlash about not voting on that and, like you say, making us go to the polls now, where we really don't know where our representative stands on an issue very important to us?
1: Exactly. Exactly. And I, I think that there should be a giant referendum. I, frankly, and I very seldom offer any political thoughts whatsoever, because I believe that the the issues at stake are bigger than politics. I think they're human issues that we all need to get involved in. But frankly, because of the way that our government has behaved over the last, I don't know, 10 years, maybe 15 years, it just keeps getting progressively worse, not better. And I, I frankly think we should have a full referendum and anybody who's in office needs to go. There isn't anybody that has helped. There isn't anybody that has unified. There isn't anybody that's really leading. All we're doing is descending into a a, a kindergarten chaos, and it's not – I'm not – I'm ashamed of my government. I'm not ashamed of my nation. I believe we have a, a wonderful nation of wonderful people. We're a little confused right now, but as a whole, as a nation, I'm very proud to be an American, But I am not proud of my government right now. I believe that my government has misrepresented and not done its job in the last many years. And I think that I think it's time that that if we were to vote and we all have time, the the amount of votes that have been cast already is very small compared to the amount that that needs to be cast. And if we were to take our time and look and see that every incumbent that was in there and vote no and choose anybody else, I don't even care. But if they've been in office before nope you don't get to be in office that means we'd have to have a third party candidate be our president because both of the candidates have been in office before and i mean any office i don't mean that office that they're running for you didn't you had your chance every single politician had their chance and not one of them has stepped up and i'm not even going to get into the one that we have now he's done a lot of things that the others didn't do and wouldn't do and i actually think very good things about some of the things he's done but he's a friggin' maniac and, and, and a child, and if he, if he wasn't that way and unpredictable to a dangerous place, I would advocate for him, but I won't because of that. And I, and I wish we could get somebody that had some, I don't know, a care, sympathy for the people and courage of their conviction to stand up against the other people at the same time. It seems every time we have somebody that cares about the people, they got no balls. And every time that we got somebody with balls, they don't seem to care about the people. And it seems like if we could just put those two together, maybe one of these third-party candidates has that. I wish we could give them a voice where we could learn about them a little bit more. I don't know, but I think if we were to to do that as a nation and say, you know what, y'all had your chance, whatever we were to get, to blindly vote for the guy that wasn't in office, this year, I guarantee you, we couldn't be at a more deadlock than we are now. And our lawmakers haven't made any laws this year, so what? what's the point, right? I mean, if they're going to be doing something, they ought to be doing something, not just having sausage contests. And so anyhow, that's my thoughts on it. If I was going to give any, any political thoughts, I would say, Vote out the incumbent, whoever you are, and, um, you know, that's, that's, that's what I have to say about it.
3: Well, I've, I've been looking at, uh, like, the criminal justice stuff, obviously, and especially the new law that, uh, that came to be on uh, March 27th of this year, and Attorney General Barr activated it at the beginning of uh, May that allowed me to go home. And, like, one thing about that that gets very little coverage is President Obama in his first four years sent one prisoner home. Right. In his, in his second four years, he sent 1,703 home. Right. Under the Trump administration, we're up to 3,300 prisoners now have been sent home from federal prison. Yep. I'm one of them, of course. And one
1: of them is you.
3: Now, granted, I'm still serving my sentence, but maybe that's... Part of what they need is to to sift out the people that can go back to society from the people that cannot. Indeed, There was people released like me that did stupid things and are back in prison, and they belong in prison. <laughs> you, you can't uh, argue that. I, you
1: know, and that and that, and that's where things get sideways. You know, here in California, we release all the wrong people. You know, we let go rapists and 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 you know career criminals, and then and then they go and commit other crimes and then everybody goes see we shouldn't let anybody out and it's like okay well that wasn't exactly what we had in mind you know let's 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 add a little common sense to the mix let's evaluate this you know i mean i i believe that there is a place for prison there's some bad people in the world there's some people that refuse to live with the others in society that just insist on taking advantage of causing harm to living with total disregard for other people's welfare. Great. You don't get to live with us. You know, you just don't, but everybody else, I don't know. Maybe there's a way that is better than, than locking them up and, and not, um, not offering an opportunity to, uh, to, to get out of it, to, to make different choices. And the problem is when you're in prison, you know, every day I wake up, I have lots of choices. I I can decide which way to drive my life. I can head to the top. I can go sideways. I can go straight to the bottom. And every day I have those choices. When you're in prison, you have very few choices. You you have you have um, you have choices that can cause you more harm than choices that can cause you good. You always have the choice to cause you more harm, but Seldom do you have choices to cause you good. Hey, Craig, we got somebody on the line that wants to join the conversation. His name is Nathan. I don't know if I know him or not, but I'm going to bring him up. He's going to be on the phone. We won't see him, but uh, let's see what he has to say. Nathan. Hey, this
5: is, how you doing, sir? This is Nathan in Orlando. I, I was listening to you. Uh, on the, the, the thing with the jail, if you get a chance to look up a lady named Angela Stanton King, running for Congress in Georgia. She's one of those people that Trump pardoned, and uh, she can run for pre- I mean for office, and she's running for, for uh, Congress, and she's going to get up there and fix some of this mess. I really believe If you ever get a chance, go on YouTube and just type in Angela Stanton, and you'll see her giving her testimony, and then you'll see a whole bunch of other interviews. I'm going to tell you what, she ain't capping out when they disagree with her. She, she's giving them a fight. Um, but anyway, here's why I was calling. Um, uh, you guys, I, I enjoy a lot of what you're saying, but I didn't hear the Constitution, and, and I don't know if you guys know this, but if you read the Constitution as it's written, not what we've been taught, there is no two-party political system. There is no electoral college. And one of the reasons we got these, these you know, the, you, you, we keep hearing the Democrats Zones And these Democrats, governors, and, and mayors are the reason why we got these um, uh, riots in their zones. Well, the One of the reasons is it's a systemic um, uh, uh, policy that separates people. Congress in the Constitution does not go to Congress to represent a, a district, the part of the area they live at in state. They go based on the population, which means all of the Congress members from my state in Florida could all live in the same house and be roommates and go to D.C. because they don't go up there because of where they live. And that's why we got—it's uh, it's the same thing back in the uh, days whenever there was a government policies that says blacks got to use this restroom and black, whites can use this restroom. It's it's It separated the people, and that's what uh, congressional districts do. So if you guys would uh, look into that, uh, I think you might find some. We'll get ready to throw these uh, two parties out and get real human beings with with a consistent resume up there running for office.
1: Well, that's that's why I would suggest that we toss everybody that's in office out, and whoever takes their place, at least there's a chance for somebody else to get in, and they couldn't be worse than what we got. And at least that's a place to start. I totally agree. There's nothing that says we need to have two parties. In fact, in the past, throughout history, there have been other parties. They just didn't last very long, and these two
5: parties have dominated the scene for a very long time. Well, and, well here's uh, what, here, let me let me say this, and then I'll hang up and, and listen to you, but here's the thing I've noticed about the two parties. If you study their records, I'm talking about not not their speeches, but their records, they basically are the same. I, I will bet my life on this. Listen, every policy trumps up their... Uh, um, Uh, trying to repeal, they're all Republican parties, and the Republicans, and they know it, they're just staying quiet, and the Democrats are fighting them, but here's what we got, is we got a one-party system that's got me and you down here at the bottom divided, we're sitting down here uh, Democrat-Republican fussing over, or we're we're not one of the parties, and we're mad because we don't have a a, a voice in the debate, but uh, I'm going to hang up and keep listening, man, good show.
0: Awesome.
1: I, I appreciate you calling in, and um, I respect your opinion. That's definitely some good stuff. You know, it, it's important, and that's when, when I generally – I don't generally talk about politics because I generally feel what he was saying. And, and you know, if you, if you get in and actually tell the truth about things and actually look at records and actually look at who enacted what and who voted for what and who voted against what, and you'll you'll actually find out that many of the policies that are today supported or or opposed by a party today were actually enacted by that very same party and it just depends on which way the wind is blowing in in many cases and you know there's very if you if you look substantively at the types of policies that are enacted and by whom they're enacted, um, these parties don't mean what they claim to for sure um, in, in, and they are very hypocritical at very least in many, many, many ways. And we could sit there and, and pull out the history book. You know, we live in a world now a hundred years ago, two hundred years ago, history was told by the winner well today everybody's got a video camera and the truth is actually out there more today than it's ever been and the truth is that every single word that these politicians have said publicly is on record every single word every vote they've cast every every bill they've submitted everything they spoke out for or against and i think that again the 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 accountability is ours, people. We need to remember that I don't know how many times, and I heard somebody talk about this at the last election. He voted for X and Y and then just went down his party without even looking at the rest of them. He chose one or two or three people to vote for, and everybody else, he just went down his party line. And I think to myself, what a waste of power. You know, we're given freedom. And with freedom is tremendous power, and with tremendous power comes tremendous responsibility. And I keep saying it, and I keep saying it, and I keep saying it. It's our fault, the world we live in. And it's us that made it happen when that's good. When the world is good, it's us that did it. And when the world's not good, it's us that did it. So I definitely just want us to remember that, you know, we always have energy to point out the problems, we always have energy to bicker and 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 put energy into little petty things. But when it comes to the important stuff, when it comes to the things that will actually make change, how many of us have energy for that? I'm going to encourage you that are listening to prioritize. Maybe maybe take one day off of social media um, and and decide to put that day into I don't know researching who you're going to vote for or maybe making the time to actually vote, or maybe having a a discussion with somebody who has already compiled some information about that, or maybe help somebody compile information about that. Maybe, maybe just then, we might have something better to choose from than the lesser of two evils, and maybe we wouldn't have a kindergarten friggin' mud wrestling contest in, in, in a presidential debate anymore. Maybe we would actually have Uh, Two people that took the office of the presidency with regard that it deserves. I believe that the office of the presidency is one of the highest It deserves to be one of the highest respected offices in the world because truly what this nation can bring to the world is greater than any other place. And to have that position not respected the way clearly it's not today, I, I think that's where a big part of the travesty is. I believe that if we could make that office what it is, what it's supposed to be, and, and, and the same holds true with the senators, the same holds true with the congressman, the same holds true with the Supreme Court justice, and all the way down the line, if these offices were held in the in the esteem with which they deserve, and by that deserving it's the power that they wield the the authority that they hold the respect that they should carry i don't know maybe things would be a little different hey we got george Martorano joining us right now craig um you know i i just was looking back and it was actually five years ago george got out and i can't believe it's been that long it was three years ago that him and i got together out in rhode island um and i saw some pictures from that and i was like wow Time flies by like crazy So without further ado We got my brother from another mother George Marciarano Welcome to the show How are you doing today?
6: Hey Joe, hi Liz Hi D.D. D. Kurtwood All my friends out there uh, Kathy's Z. Anyway, this is uh, uh, You know, I've been doing Ladies and gentlemen I've been doing this show Since I came home Because Joe was a big uh, and Human Solutions was a big advocate For me to come home uh, never, I'll never, i never forget that But, you know, well, ladies and gentlemen A lot of people know me A lot of people uh, may not know me I, I survived uh, uh, three uh, street wars I survived uh, years of solitary uh, But now I can actually say Now I survived the coronavirus Since I last did the show I had the virus And this oh, no. is the most profound Profound statement I'm going to make To my friend Joe who I love It wasn't for Willow Creek Springs products I probably wouldn't be making This statement because let me tell you something I got hit with This virus Uh, uh, My poor daughter uh, From work she brought it home She didn't mean it she gave it to me But it wasn't for Willow Creek Springs products Their topicals And their capsules I wouldn't be doing this show Believe me when I tell you. The only thing they got was uh, Willow Creek Spring Capsules, and uh, with, uh, they're on the site. And his topicals, I had such severe, ladies and gentlemen, I had such severe uh, muscle ache and body ache that you couldn't imagine. And uh, I rubbed uh, Joe's topical uh, all over me, pain topical, and that really made a difference. And plus, I did the capsules. I wouldn't be doing this show, believe me when I tell you. You know, they give you no medicine. There's no medicine they give you. You either live or you die. And I honestly can say, ladies and gentlemen, to the show, to the world, it wasn't for Bullet Creek Springs products, I wouldn't be doing this show. I want to really, really thank you, Joe. Really thank you.
1: Well, I, I did not expect such an endorsement, but I certainly appreciate it. But most importantly... I'm glad that you're okay. I didn't realize that you had caught the virus and I'm certainly glad that you got through that and you know, it's you know, the thing about it is, you know, this thing's indiscriminate, you know, and uh, it, i I don't I don't personally believe that the craziness of shutting down businesses has anything to do with, you know, this. I think that we all need to be careful in our own way and, 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 and do what we need to do to, to protect ourselves, but um, it certainly is no joke, and I know a number of people that have gotten it, and, um, you know, if it hits you with severe symptoms, it, it, it can be brutal. So I am so glad to hear that you come to the other side of that, George. Uh
6: oh, listen, it wasn't for your product, believe me. You know, the virus attacks people differently. Everyone doesn't get the same the symptoms, but mine were severe, and like I said, the only thing... That- the only thing I had, thank God, I had it in my home, was your products. Where I always kept, and uh, I'm endorsing it. I'm telling all my, all my people. Why well, you know I have five cafes now, Joe, and wow. uh, I'm telling you, your those capsules uh, really got me through it. Believe me, really got me through it. Uh, and what's good about uh, the Wooler Creek Spring products, ladies and gentlemen? You don't have to worry about taking a lot. I mean, I took a lot. You don't have to worry about overdosing after effects. If it wasn't for that, I wouldn't be doing this show.
1: Wow. I honestly can say that. Certainly glad that you are. And, um, you know, I'm looking forward to uh, seeing you again soon. I, I, uh, I know this, you know, this year has been a crazy year. We've been trying to get together all year long. So hopefully, uh, Hopefully before I'll be asked about able-
6: brother. I mean, yeah, I'm, I, I started a beer company, as you know. Uh, uh, <laughs> uh, matter of fact, ladies and gentlemen, I can honestly say, I had I had uh, the forensic researchers. I'm the first person in America, the history of America, that was a prisoner that came home and has his own face on his own beer. It's never been done before in America. I'm proud of that. Well uh, I
1: can I, I tell you this, George, for how long and how hard you have struggled and for how how uh determined you've been and, and, and what a good influence you've been on so many people. It couldn't have happened to a better guy. I'm 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 glad it was you that that, that was able to accomplish that. And it doesn't surprise me that it was you that was able to accomplish that. So that's some well, good stuff. You know, I can't wait. <laughs> yeah,
6: I'm so happy. I'm so happy to have so many people working. Uh, that's yeah. what I'm proud of. I'm so proud of that. it. But like I said, <laughs> I, I I ain't going nowhere without your products, that's for sure. <laughs> right, ladies and gentlemen, believe me when I tell you, coronavirus is nothing nice. Nothing nice, but you want to take CBD, you want to have THC in your system, you want Joe's Topicals born you. Believe me when I tell you made a big difference. I thought that I, I, I said, you know, I had my prayers. I thought I wasn't going to make it, but your products got me through it. I can honestly say that, ladies and gentlemen, honestly say that. Well, so thank I, God for I, Willow Creek shrink products. <laughs> I, I am
1: glad to uh, be on the good side of that. That's for sure. All right, yeah, George. Yeah. Well, always a pleasure to hear from you. And, um, We're actually running out of show here, but I've got a bunch of people that want to talk, so we're going to go ahead and continue on. Um, Thank you. I'll
6: I'll see you guys soon. I promise I'll see you guys soon.
1: I look forward to it. If you don't come out to me, I'll come out to you.
6: I'll be out there. I have people who want to do the beer in California, so I'll be out there. Awesome. Thank you so much. All right, ladies (laughs) and gentlemen. Thank (laughs) you for having me. Good night. Good night.
1: Always a pleasure. Always a pleasure. All right, so for those of you who don't know, we got a pretty good audience today and a lot of people that I don't think have been here before. But George Marr served 32 years in federal prison for pot, and he had a life sentence just like Craig Cecil here, and uh, he got out. And he didn't get out because he got lucky. He got out because he did everything he could for a long time, and he he got a a, a break and an opportunity, and, and he was able to take advantage of it. So, and and since he's been out, he didn't uh, come out and get all bitter and angry and, and pout and, and be a victim. He got out there and he's been hustling ever since. And uh, it was the funniest thing. When I went out to Philly last year, we were walking around, I think it was February, cold, snow on the ground and all of that. And it, it's funny, Philly, I'd never really spent time there, but where we were at, it's a really old city and the streets are narrow and there's all kinds of you know, shops all stacked up next to each other and little apartments up on top. And, and uh, we're walking along, and, and I swear to you, every single store we walked into, wherever we went, it could have been a restaurant, it could have been a drugstore. Oh, hey, George, how are you doing? Everybody knew this guy. And we're, we're in a big city, and I, it just blew me away. I've never, like California, never happened. Like you could go, you could go to stores that you know the owners, and they're not going to remember you. But out there, I, I, I swear, I think we went to six or seven different stores, and every single one of them, hey, George, how you doing? Come on in. You know, it was the greatest thing. So the East Coast thing, you know, uh, there's, there's kind of a rough edge, a, a really uh, uh, a candor that East Coasters have. But I tell you what, there was a, there was a heart that I saw in Philly that I seldom see anywhere. Midwest, you guys are amazing, so it's all over the Midwest. Everybody's just nice in the Midwest, but but there was just that, that you know, I like, felt like family over there. All right, so we're technically out of time, but i got Zachary that wants to talk, and I've got Dana, and I've got Tom Corby still up. And before I get to any of y'all, uh, I'm going to talk to Bobby, because we've been doing some good work up in the Northwest, and we're getting involved in some... Delivering food to some people that need it, and some some big humanitarian work, and um, before, oh Zachary just took off. Well, maybe he'll come back. Anyways, I can't hear you. You're not. Ta- you're uh, you're muted. No, you're still muted. Oh, well, ah,
2: there he is. Let's fix that. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm sorry. I, I was trying. I was basking in your eastern glow. <laughs> your your northeastern glow, you know. And I'm, like, I'm, uh, I'm like, oh wow, wow. I like you. Well, how's everybody doing? Hey, Craig, how you doing, Craig?
3: Hey, hey, hey uh, now. Yeah. Still so ahead. you know,
2: just, I don't want to pull the covers, but I was. I texted Craig. I'm like, where the fuck are you? <laughs> <laughs>
3: That's what I say, I was the glitch today. Signing on to the wrong Zoom number.
2: (laughs) (laughs) So, you know, I was listening to you earlier uh, about politics of dancing that we're dealing with, you know, and and I I was actually having a discussion with uh, one of the wonderful members of the Human solution on on, uh, Facebook, and he had posted a a, a very accurate meme, and and I was chuckling about it because I was trying to figure out the point because everything he was saying about one candidate is totally supported by the other side. <laughs> so, I, so my question was, what, what is the point of the of the thing? I mean, I totally agree that all, everything that this guy did, does is wrong. But all of it, if you just look at like voting records or whatever, is support. And I made it, you know, I made, and it was a, a nice chat. I don't know if you know if he's answered or seen it, but. I have everything chuckling when I was looking at it, and I'm like, Okay, yeah, I hate everything, hate all of that, don't like it at all, but what's the point? Because the other side supports it all, right, so you know so it's like it's like it's funny, uh, you know like the from the cannabis side, for example, and other things, Kamala Harris is a horrible uh, choice to be anywhere near the White House. And yet everything that Kamala Harris has done in her career is supported by Pence. You know, so it's, it, but in the politics of dancing and some of the points that you were making earlier, the truth is missed by the righteousness. And, and my, my input on a lot of this is that, let, you know, whoever wins, what happens in, in our virtual world particularly is, so I voted this way and my guy won, so I was right, and you can't say anything bad about him. And you voted for the other guy or whoever, and they lost, but you were right, and et cetera. But what we're not doing as a society is holding the people we're voting for accountable for the things that we're doing. You know, and and, it has, you know, the interesting, it's like I tell people, you know, like when I identify progressive, in order to be progressive from the world I come from, you must be anti-war, period, end of story. I mean, if we're going to talk about labels, that's one of the things that goes along with it. And, and, you know, so uh, President Obama was elected. You're also supposed to be um, inclusive, aren't you? Yeah, you think <laughs> uh, Wait a minute. We're, we, look, am we sorry. do like get me, me One issue at a time, okay? <laughs> we, we don't, we can, there's a long list. Police, surveillance, uh no. All right. So, so just on so the anti-war. and So when you think about it, so you look back at President Obama's first election ran on a constitutional basis. I'm going to end the drones, end the surveillance. These are things that he ran on. This is why I call him Mr. Tesla. And, and, of course, when he became president, he, he actually expanded drone warfare. I, we were in Afghanistan the entire president, uh, his entire uh, two terms. Now we're in it for another, for Trump's first term. So, I'm sorry, what's the difference? But my point about holding accountable, the only people from the left that held him accountable from the war standpoint, was code pink. Everybody else just gave them a pass, and, and that's you know when you vote for an elected official, gives you don't who it is. If you vote for an elected officials, you hold them accountable. We might get somewhere, might get somewhere. We certainly would get further than what we're doing. So anyway, so I'll, I'll, I'll leave the dancing to others and dive into our into our good works that we're doing up here, and, and you know so a lot of people know that we came up here to implement a, a food security strategy that was already being done prior to COVID. You know, the, the, the people that I, that I work with, that we work with, uh, particularly Seth Jeffrey Mora of Food Fleet and, and Justin Zellner of the Wade Foundation, all the people there, and, and Kevin Scribner from the Alaska Fisheries. So there was a plan that was put in place long before COVID and, and, you know, I, I even go back to the disaster even in 2017. The idea was to raise the level of nutritional value of emergency meals and, our local, and, and to implement and support our local food supply. And then COVID happened. And before that was happening, they, we were going to start, and I actually wasn't even involved with it up here. I was going to be down in L.A. But there was going to be, a, you know, for example, a, a big uh, presentation at a, at a tailgate at the Ohio State-Oregon game that was originally successful. And then, of course, COVID happened. So we were able to shift into the emergency-type mode of the food supply chain because, of course, for three months minimum, every restaurant was closed. In, in period. And all the schools, all the convention centers, all the all the sports, everything, everywhere where food needed to go was gone. And access to the food supply chain was insane. So we were able to shift what we were doing into that. And then, of course, then on so we started working on that while we were waiting waiting to do the food box program, which is an empowerment program. The idea is to fund the purchase of produce uh, and, and all the supplies from BIPOC and local food sources. BIPOC is, is a phrase that actually I learned up here, which is black, indigenous, people of color, and, and to help the local food supply chain. And then to pay people to build the boxes, and so complete empowerment, Pay a restaurant, let's say, to build the boxes who was closed, uh, that he could at least work a couple days a week, hire, keep keep his people going. And then distribute it to the people in need in the community, and for those who don't need, sell them and then match them with another one. So we had a big donation, we have, not have, we have a big donation of fish, an insane amount of fish, And, and that was basically fishermen were paid to fish for a sable fish, and lane cod, and process it on the boats, et cetera, and then put it at the port of Seattle. And then we've used it. We've, we've been working with everyone to get the, the fish out to the community while we're waiting to put together this program. Well, we, got, we just got funded to do the food box program for the four Columbia River tribes. So that's getting ready to start, which is exciting. In the meantime, the fires came. So let's just pile on. You know, so 2020 is very special, as you know. Uh, Still burning in California. Yeah, well, I mean, so you had the fires in California, Oregon, Washington. So we're already doing stuff in the community, and I'm a disaster relief expert, and so it was an automatic shift again. So the human solution dove in and got on the front line of that and and got involved in direct distribution, Uh, walk for change, human solution, we do better relief, combined our resources. Got another truck added to what we're already doing with the wave and the food fleet, and we can and distribute your products down to southern to, to southern Oregon, Medford, Ashland, Phoenix, uh, and um, what city am I Anyway, Medford, Ashland, Phoenix. And the, uh, oh, Talent is the other one. And and so and I went down there and did some coverage and found out exactly what happened. And, and of course, we had no air quality here for. I don't know, two weeks, same thing in California. I mean, in, in, it was beaching Ohio. So, it was thick. Uh, yeah, it was insane. But we were able to do that, and boots on the ground is a big deal. You know, you, you, another part of what you were talking about earlier that matches is, you know, you have all these people who are doing these discussions, and none, of, nobody's getting out into the community to see what's going on. I don't care what the issue is, uh, protests, whether it's uh, – nobody's getting out and even talking to the neighbors. You go down streets and they're empty. You know, you don't even have people communicating with each other unless they do it. You know, the old story about, you know, everybody going to Can't even see anybody's face anymore. Them. Yeah, totally. You know, it's, it's, so communication and being on the ground to understand what the real problems are is the thing. And, and you know, the industry is saying publicly that 60% of the independent restaurants are going to be the end in the year. We believe it's going to be 80 You know, we, we, we don't have any reason to believe it's going to be less than that. You have places that still don't have them open. And then you have all these places where are doing it outside. Where what happens when the weather goes bad? You know, except in the southern places. You know, how how are they going to deal with that issue? So we're dealing with that. So starting this week, so I go to Umatilla this week, the reservation, where Cisco.
0: <sighs>
2: anyway, Cisco is involved now. <laughs> Eighty-four million dollars to distribute food boxes for a month. A month. And they have to put this letter in. <laughs> I'm not going to go there. So anyway, so so I'm going to go to Umatilla and vet the distribution there because we want to make we're holding Cisco to their standards. We know what's coming, but in the meantime, we're setting up the distributions there. So every reservation is going to be getting food boxes every two weeks uh, until the end of the year. We're going to we're going to distribute over eight thousand, and the Spokane tribes are involved with that as well. And it's going to be a complete empowerment program. Uh, we're we, you know it's bison, deer, elk, beef, uh, the fish. Uh, locally sourced produce and grains. Butternut squash. Uh, yeah, butternut squash. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so 14 tons. So 14 tons Let me. I mean, I a mean, man,
7: he, he's a beautiful,
2: he's a, he's a monster. I, he, hey, by the way, you think you can go get 14 tons? I was like, what? I was like, I'm going to need a bigger truck. That's a lot of
3: squash. <laughs> I'm, like, I'm
0: like, well, I'll take 12 pallets, which is six tons. I'll take six tons.
2: Well, we now, this, this is how great it is, and Justin too, Justin. So now we're going to bring all 14 tons up to Kent, Washington. They're going to process it. We're going to we're gonna add grace a grape-based glaze on top. Because remember, Chef,
3: it's Chef Jeffrey Moore. Right, right. So
2: it's we'll delicious. make it fancy, so now, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So it's like, okay, so let's create. So now they're, they're going to create a butternut squash. we are going to have a fully processed and then frozen. It's going to be fresh, of course. It's going to be fresh be Additives, preservatives, it's BIPOC, the whole deal is coming out of Northern California, and boom, now we've got a whole other addition. November, Remember the seasonal stuff, you know, and, and for people who can't get pumpkins, they can, you know, use the butternut squash, they can't get sweet potatoes, they can use the, you know, because that's the that's time of year. So, 14 tons <laughs> I take you the picture. You know, I take I saw you the, picture. Want the butternut squash. It's amazing working with people of that talent, you know, and, and, you know, we have, I'm the logistics guy, you know, just like before, everything that moves, comes goes we, we work, I'm on the ground, I know what's going on, I'm moving stuff around, I went and picked, I went to a place in Washington State, by Hood River, and picked up uh, two pallets of crackers, you know, honey-made crackers and, and saltine crackers, because the, the, these are things that the Native Americans can eat at these places that don't have any power. They gotta have shelf safe, stable stuff, and then I got a pallet of water, and then I got these. I got two pallets of these, basically what you call uh, uh, emergency boxes. Did you open it up, and there are all these little dry storage things in there. Well, that's gonna go right to the communities that don't have power, and they're gonna be able to eat for breakfast. You know, so that, that you know, all of that's good. And then we're gonna serve hot meals next week again at all the in lieu sites. We're gonna do it every two weeks. That's also part. of Because again, we can't drop boxes. You know, we we. We just they don't they don't even have protection against any kind of weather. So it's, it's, yeah. It's, it's, so putting so just think about this, everybody. So even shelf stable stuff, you put it you put it in your camper that doesn't have a roof on it, and it rains. It's done. So we have to solve the problems of making sure these people are, are well enough to solve the next problem of getting power and all these other things that we're trying to work out. And, is, and, and mind you, I, we are hardly the only people involved. We're working with all the Native American organizations in the area and all the organizations that want to be involved. And, and, and of course, our government has failed again. Yeah, I didn't see
1: dollars. any FEMA people out there when we, when we were out there.
2: Uh, I, you, you, missed, you didn't?
1: I didn't see any. I don't, Maybe they were there, but they were invisible.
2: Well, I, I always remind people that about when it comes to FEMA, my 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 best story, 30 years of disaster, my best FEMA story is very simple. I'm doing Puerto Rico, and Jay Z calls us and asks us for 40,000 pounds of water. He's got a, I got a 747. He's already got 80,000 pounds of food and other things on there. He has no water. He calls us. Can we get some water? Absolutely. So meet him at Miami International Airport. Load him up with 40. Uh, thousand Pounds of water, his 747 takes off, it goes over and lands at Aguadilla Airport. He lands in Aguadilla Airport, FEMA is, FEMA is on the tarmac and decides he wants to confiscate the stuff on the floor. Now, in the meantime, we have people on the ground, I have from the beginning, and they have a relationship with the Puerto Rico National Guard, and we literally have a confrontation with FEMA on the tarmac to get the stuff back with the Puerto Rico National Guard. But the best part of this story, I'm screaming at Senator Bill Nelson, the ch- Chief of Staff, about this in Miami. And this, this is the third plane that they've done this to. This is the first one of ours, but this is the third one they've done it to in seventy-two hours. So I'm like, what the fuck? Puerto Rico's in our country. I mean, it's just all that stuff.
1: They're part of us, yeah. So,
2: yeah. So they, they forward us a letter that FEMA had sent Senator Nelson, sitting in United States Senator, uh, three or four days earlier about the protocols that you needed to follow in order to get aid to Puerto Rico, which is mind-boggling in the first place. It's totally mind-boggling just to have that. And in this thing, and I still have this email, anybody that wants to see it, just contact me, I'll send it to you. So, There were five things that you had to do to get aid to Puerto Rico. Now, mind you, if my grandmother lives in Puerto Rico, fuck you. I'm going to take whatever I want. But rule number one, the things that you had to do to get aid to Puerto Rico is you had to tell them the purpose of the aid. That was the rule. <laughs> it's water. Look, look. I, I, it's official. The fifth one.
1: Water has lots three, of surface I three don't three know.
2: Stomach, the fifth thing that you had to do. Now, mind you, this is a this is on an island that has completely been devastated. Every single human being was impacted by the storm. There were two of them. Irma was in the was in the northeast, and Maria went right down the middle, right down diagonally in, on the island, wiped out everything. There was no power anywhere. Whatever in order to get aid, the fifth thing you had to do is you had to actually know and coordinate your deliveries with the local mayor or the local county commissioner. Now, mind you, these people don't even have phone service. We spent, we spent a month trying to communicate just finding people. I had searched search people. We were trying to verify life. And this is what FEMA is telling people, telling not just people, they're telling a the United States Senator that this is the official way to get this over there. And, and I just it, it blew my mind. And, of course, we didn't talk to the government once about, anything. Hey, we paid for everything. We said, screw you. We we're going to do it ourselves. But that's my FEMA story. So when you say <laughs> you didn't see any FEMA, I'm surprised. I don't you know. I mean, yeah, exactly. And, and mind you, the Army Corps of Engineers are in charge of the Inlu sites, these government sites that they moved the Native Americans to after they destroyed their land by putting up these two dams, the Bonneville Dam and the Dow, which is what these are all about. And, they have, and three generations, we're talking about. This is what just happened yesterday. These people have been there for three generations waiting on their replacement land along the river that they built this city on for white people. I mean, this is what's going on here in the 50s. And, and, and mind you, like the entire Zone 6, no one can fish there but Native Americans, but they don't even have their land where they're supposed to be from. So they have these crappy government-run in sites in lieu of the final place, since the fifties, you know. So this is what our reality is, and and you know, you saw how pissed off I was when I went there the first time. I thought I was in a third world country. It, it was insane. I know. I, I did the broadcast with my colleague at coffee party with Egberto, You know, and, and we did. We, we covered it heavily, and I, I was just blown away. I had never been to them before, and the, the first time I did a food distribution here, I was taken to these. I was taken to five of them. And I was furious, but I wouldn't even get out of the truck. I just, I, I just, I let the other people take care of taking, I wouldn't get out of the truck. I, I just, like, there's no fucking way that this is happening. Since then, I've actually gone into these bathrooms, and I've taken pictures and, and all this other stuff. And mind you, you know, I, I'm part Native American, and, and I haven't lived that way, but I'm part Native And that should matters. matter. It's the same thing, like, when I was going to Puerto Rico. Yes, I, I'm, I'm, I'm Puerto Rican. But so what? I'm a human being. You know, we're supposed to be preserving life. And our government is supposed to be using our tax dollars to deliver public benefits to the community. I don't fucking care. That's one of the things, and every single one of them. So if you guys want to play politics, back to your beginning rant, if you guys want to play politics, go right ahead. But nobody's doing this. Like I said, this happened in the 50s. You want to name a party that hasn't been in power since the 50s? Give me a break. It's
1: it's swung every direction and in and, and every extreme, and we've been through a lot of crap since the 50s. So. You're, you're, you're spot on right, and, and, and the answer lies within us, and, and you know, the, we, we've allowed this government to become this bureaucratic nightmare. We've allowed this institutional uh, systems to, I don't know, run themselves for a while, and, and, and you know, I, I, I can even understand how they became that way, right? You know, shit goes wrong, we need a policy. She goes wrong. We need a policy. She goes wrong. We need a policy, and and you know somebody's got to be at fault. So we got to have something that got broken. And okay, but you know that takes entirely away leadership and common sense. Because with some leadership and some common sense, you don't always have to have a policy. You can have an office that means it something. Works
2: pretty good. let have some action.
1: There we go. So so we could have maybe gone through a lot of whatever led to all those policies that made this crazy crap happen, and then all of a sudden you, it, you know, it becomes like the army. You know, it's the same idea. You know, if you know your way through it, you can get stuff done, but otherwise forget about it. You know, it's, 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 it's untenable.
2: And, and we, liberty, liberty is lost, and liberty is hard anyway. You know, and, and, and the, you know, the true model of liberty is do, do whatever you want to do as long as you bring no harm to others. And, and accept what other people do as long as they bring no harm to others. And it is so damn hard to sit there and watch somebody else do something that you hate, that you scream about. But screaming doesn't hurt anybody, and what they're screaming about doesn't hurt anybody. And when the government decides to pick a side, that's when it starts hurting everybody. All right. And, and, it's, it's not, and, and you know, government is about control. Every,
1: it, it, government is about force. They make a law, they're going to force it. That's what they do to enforce it. It's about force, and and it's just it's ridiculous. Well, I I want but anyway, to a, So I digress, and, and <laughs> you know, we, we can do this. And I'm the It's a little thermal. fun. We're we're actually we're, we're actually, we're actually a, a half an hour into our time machine, and we're almost we're almost at the end of our allotted extra time that we give ourselves because this might happen. So
2: I, I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna just.
4: And
1: I, and I will still
2: rise, rise away, I will still not away. end
1: the show till everybody that wanted to talk gets a chance. So I've still got two more people. We did lose one of them, so Zachary is gone. He didn't come back. But i still got Dina and old Tom Corby. So we're going to go ahead up to Dana first, and then we'll go to Tom. And I don't know how much longer my time machine can hold out. We may, you may just see a flash of light. We all disappear. I don't know. But we'll see what happens. Dana Bland from Missouri. He runs the Hope for Change and the End of Prohibition chapter of the Human Solution International. And he has been <coughs> actively supporting cases for the last couple of years and since his own case was over. And uh, I, he's been in a number of courtrooms supporting a number of cases. And he's also fancies himself to be a constitutional guy as well. And he's, he's, he's held the Constitution um, up to his own case and gotten some uh, some results there. Dina, welcome to the show. How are you doing today?
4: Uh, we're doing good, and I concur with everything you talked about and everything Craig's talked about tonight. It's been a really good show. Uh, yeah, it, you you got to know the Constitution. I mean, you got to take and if you're going to take and vote for somebody, know who you're voting for and what they stand for. Because if you're if you're bear with us, Uh, you know, you want to vote for someone that's going to take and help us, not to take and put us back where we were and for us to lose all that we've gained. And there are people in our government that will do that. So just watch out on who you vote for and take and get out there and vote. Because if you don't vote, you have no reason to take and complain to nobody because you didn't put your voice in. So it takes all of us, and this is one scary, you know, election coming up. But, I mean, people need you know what? People need what happens,
1: <laughs> we're going to get through it, and there's going to be another one. And that's, you know, the one good thing we have with this country is that as crazy as the politicians have been, I believe we have a very stable government in the sense of, Even this guy that's in office right now that's threatening to not validate this and do that, when it all comes down to it, we've always had a peaceful transition of power. We're going to have a peaceful transition of power. And regardless of what happens, we're not going to descend into chaos. And I'm confident that that's going to happen. And I believe that the people that are actually holding things up behind the scenes aren't going to let any of that happen. So I, I, I believe that, you know, the more active we get, the more we're going to turn this thing into something we want to see it. And more importantly, consider running for office. You know, more and more. we got Sharon Ravert running for Congress. we got this other lady that used to be a prisoner that just got brought up running for Congress. We have uh, one of our own that ran for uh, Kansas State Senate. Uh, we've had a number of people. I've known more political candidates this this. Uh, session than ever before, and I think that that's important. We need to not only run, but we need to uh, stand up for some people, stand up for somebody, and I think that that's the key. We keep voting for the lesser of evils. Why don't we get behind somebody? Why don't we get back to an age where you really see political signs all over the place because people are really actually supporting somebody? I haven't seen that in a long time, and I think that maybe that's what we need, is somebody actually to stand behind. And maybe they're not there because we're not raising them up. Maybe once again we should, we should own this accountability, and um, let's get a little more involved. Well, thank you so much, Dana. And if somebody's in Missouri and they want to get involved and, and help end prohibition, how would they get involved? How would they connect with you?
4: Uh, You can just come down here on Facebook uh, and uh, look for Dana Bland. And uh, we're there all the time. Uh, We're hope for change in the Prohibition, Human Solution, International Chapter Court Support here in Missouri. And we can't help you if you don't tell us what's going on. So uh, my number is 417-847-7974. Y'all have a good night.
1: (laughs) Thank you so much, Dana. Always a pleasure to have you here with us. Alright, we got Tom Corby here And Craig will get the last word And I'll probably get the last word after that As we typically do And even Willie Nelson will probably get the last word after that So we're going to end up Pushing the first domino over And we'll call Tom Corby The first domino tonight Tom Corby, welcome to the show How are you doing today?
7: Uh, I want to thank you Joe And Becca Coffee Party Radio Show uh, which is a very good show today And I feel so sad for a country I, ne- I, I never thought I'd see the day <clears throat> We must stand our ground Apathy leads to tyranny uh, we, And yes, we Dana, we need to vote That's for sure <sighs> Politicians, guess what? They're all ex-attorneys How many attorneys do we trust? It's a shame that we can't trust our government and what's happening to our country. Lockdowns, no way. Up here in Northern California, it's almost normal. Some wear masks, some don't. It's not mandatory up here. Uh, It never actually was really closed down up here. And also, with our gardens, we've had no... No helicopters A lot of us are harvesting now So uh, We stood our ground up here in Butte County with our supervisors That's what we do And we advocate for our Defendants and we come And help them wherever we can And their families is so important Also When we talk about attorneys Guess who's making these laws And regulations Joe The attorney's Now, they've proven that not only the attorneys are making these laws, these regulations that are ridiculous and tying our country down, but they're making money on the regulations when you uh, uh, disobey them. So, yeah, a lot of this is about attorneys. It gets down to that. I want to shout out always to George Montorano. So glad he got through the virus. I actually think that here in November, <clears throat> uh, it actually went through here and some of us had it. It was grueling. I will tell you right now that that uh, Willow Creek Springs uh, <clears throat> meds are really helping me. I take my uh, microdose on fecals every day. Uh, the key to fighting these viruses, folks, is to keep your immune system built up. Uh, eat your fruits and vegetables. Alkalize your body Most people are deficient in vitamin D uh, Vitamin C also is good in zinc Now they're proving that melatonin is not only good for sleep The doctors say also very beneficial and helps fight all viruses Pepsin, pepsin and digestive enzymes colloidal silver and I put fecals on here too I doubt whether if I get this virus, it's not going to kill me. And I I agree that we got to quit coming from fear <clears throat> about this virus. We've had many viruses for years, and we're going to get through this. Uh, when a gentleman mentioned the name Kamala Harris, I should I kind of think, well, maybe that's why Don and I went to jail why Joe went to jail, why so many of us went to jail up here in North, in California. Being an attorney general, there it is, another attorney. She not only uh, busted more pot and put more of us in jail up here in California, but she dragged that she smoked pot herself and dragged about how she put everybody in jail. Now, uh, That's kind of sad, and that's kind of scary. Also, did you know that when we went for court support for Dr. Allen down in Sacramento, we had 35 court supporters there? Guess who hung Dr. Allen? Kamala Harris. Took his license. So, yes, we got to think seriously who we're voting for. I'm going to vote for the person that stands for our country. And for our constitutions And we must veto These bad laws And walk for change Always And I want to thank everybody today For another great historical show And Don't forget to Just breathe Thank you all today Awesome, well thank you Tom Corby
1: And I want to remind everybody That this show as much as maybe this week you might not know it, is actually not sponsored, and uh, we don't actually have commercials of any kind, and we're all volunteers, nobody gets paid, there's no, no, um, there's no money that makes this show happen, and so the way that we can pay for this show is by telling people about it. If you think this show is important, if you show the, think that this show is valuable, I'm going to ask you to talk about it, share it, let people know. Invite people to be on it. <clears throat> if you don't think it's important enough, maybe come aboard and, and, and be a guest. Help it to be more important. Help that message to be better. This is a show that we do for you, and we want you to benefit from it. That's what it's all about. I hear my voice all day long. I could easily do without it, but I really think it's important. I really think we get some good work done. I really think that it, it helps people to know what's going on. It helps to give people an opportunity to tell their stories, and I think it inspires people. And I think that if that's the case, we'll keep on doing it, um, help the show get bigger. Um, Craig, what do you think? Any last thoughts for this week?
3: Well, I would just want to echo what Nathan had to say, is that we're, we're getting divided by our government between people of different races, different religions, conservatives, liberals, liberals. Um, well, we're all getting pigeonholed in all these different groups, and we're getting represented as a group. We need to remember that the Constitution was not created by the tribes of North America. It starts out by saying the people <laughs> in order to form a new nation. And we have to remember that we're people, we're individuals, and don't, don't get stuck into the government's idea of pigeonholing us into a group Stand up and be an individual. Stand up and, and do what you know is right, even if it's not popular with one group or another. Be a person. That's where our country has failed: is when they treat a group of people as not people, as they did with the slaves years ago. They they, they didn't consider them people. We are all people, and we do, and we need to stand up and assert that person.
1: Well said, Craig. Well said. Um, I appreciate you being here. I appreciate uh, that that you're able to be here. And I'm hoping that next week we'll have some really great news to talk about. And until then, I've got a shitty grin on my face, and we'll see what Willie Nelson has to say about it all. And we'll see you all next
5: week. Hi, I'm Willie Nelson, and the Willie Nelson Teapot Party and I endorse The Human Solution, supporting cannabis prisoners because no one should go
7: to
4: jail for a plant. You were always
0: on my